0: The following is a conversation between Craig Antico, co-founder of RIP Medical Debt, and Denver Frederick, host of The Business of Giving, on AM 970, The Answer, WNYM, in New York City.
1: Do you know what contributes to over 50% of all personal bankruptcies? It's medical debt, which is carried by millions of Americans. In fact, over 40% of people diagnosed with cancer will deplete their assets in just two years. But an organization has come along to address this problem in a unique and creative way. It's R.I.P. Medical Debt, and it's a pleasure to have with us tonight their co-founder, Craig Antico. Good evening, Craig, and welcome to The Business of Giving.
0: Thank you, Denver, for having me.
1: You know, the studios of this radio station, where we're at at the moment, are only about 100 yards away from Zuccotti Park, the site of Occupy Wall Street, and the founding story of R.I.P. Medical Debt began there. Tell us how it all got started.
0: Well, Jerry Ashton, our co-founder, along with me, um, went down to Zuccotti Park when it first started, the Occupy Wall Street movement. Now, Jerry is a Navy journalist going way back. So he was really uh, curious. He said, is this for real? (laughs) So we went down there. He brought his his pad. He brought his video. He brought his camera.
1: His tools. uh, His
0: tools (laughs) of the trade. And he ended up interviewing people. He ended up becoming a Huffington Post uh, columnist just to chronicle Occupy Wall Street mm-hmm. right, for the next two to three years. Well, as he's there, the people are saying, why is a collector in our midst?
1: What do you mean a collector? Because he
0: is a collector from way back. I'm a, a, a collection agency, collection Oh, a man, debt collector. A debt collector. Mm-hmm. And he had been doing that since, God, since the 70s. He's one of the best collectors I've ever seen because <laughs> I, I come from the collection industry as well. Okay. well I ran collection agencies. Mm-hmm. Now, he's there, hey, wait, wait, I'm not I'm not here to enforce the 1% <laughs> here, you know? Um, and they, they started to confide in him. They'd ask him about their student loan debt, about their medical debt, what can I do? Because a lot of people are just like, I'm not even going to open up the mail. I'm not even going to accept the phone call. So they were really concerned about that. Well- They ended up having an idea. In order to bring awareness to this medical debt problem and just debt in general, Mm -hmm. they figured what they would do is start to buy medical debt themselves. So they asked Jerry, what do you think? Mm -hmm. In his infinite wisdom— he said, I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> well, it ended up he he just, as a volunteer, just told them what they should do. They went on to to actually abolish debt. And they were our inspiration for RIP Medical Debt.
1: Craig, what's it like to be somebody who is hounding people for money or else to now being in a situation where you're giving them a new lease on life?
0: You know, it's... It's miraculous because I've been in this business for over 30 years, and I'm talking about the collection business, mm-hmm. debt collecting. Half of all debt is medical. 58% of all the bad marks on a credit report are medical mm-hmm. debt. So we know medical debt, and it's one of the hardest hardest types of accounts to collect. And I never liked doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah <sure. laughs> I uh, I started in a family business, and I started to make a lot of money. And said, "Well, what am I going to do now? I, I can't leave." And I stayed. Mm-hmm. I stayed for all those years, for seventeen years. And then, uh, and then came Jerry Ashton. Yeah, saying, "Hey, look at this. Look what's happening here. This nonprofit has abolished over forty million dollars of debt." I said, "What?" and they um we looked at it, and we said, "Well, I think we're pretty qualified to do that, yeah, and they had stopped what they were doing, mm-hmm. so we decided on January first of two thousand and fourteen, we're gonna start doing this, maybe maybe we could raise the same amount of money that they raised. Nope, the hardest thing we ever did. We knew how to collect, we knew how to buy the debt." We did not know how to raise money.
1: a fundraiser. Fundraising is not like (laughs) business. It is a
0: different animal. Mm -hmm. And it took us many years to actually get into the the actual way to raise money.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny about Occupy Wall Street. I was talking to somebody on the show about this the other day. And Occupy Wall Street was a big failure. Uh, At the end of it, people said they didn't know what they wanted. And the whole thing kind of just withered away. But if you now look back... And you look at the 1%, you look at inequality, you look at debt. They really were groundbreaking in what they did. And it just is a, you know, a, a cautionary word that you can't judge things too quickly. You have to look over a period of time to see the influence that Occupy Wall Street actually had on our society.
0: I think so, too, because if you look at the top issues that were addressed by the U.N., for example, mm-hmm. inequality was not at the top. No, none of these things Just five were. years ago. Yeah. And now it's one of the top things that we're looking for. And what we care about is, is righting a wrong. Now, a lot of people that have debt, medical debt, they qualified for charity care.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, they, they might not have accepted it. Mm-hmm. See, that's the interesting part. It's not all an indictment of the hospitals. A lot of people will say, and we've worked with AARP on some groundbreaking work in this area. They said to us, When they we they interviewed over two hundred people that were fifty and older. And they asked them, You you um, qualify for charity care. Will you take it? No, no, that's not for me. That's for for somebody that really needs it. Yeah. Like wait a second. They need it more than anybody (laughs) because they don't have the income that they used to have.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Sixty year olds, seventy year olds that aren't working are are basically on a fixed income. That's right. All of a sudden you get a five, ten thousand dollar bill. You are, you are down for the count. Mm-hmm. It's really a bad situation.
1: How many people, Craig, in this country have medical <clears throat> debt and how much is the medical debt in total?
0: Well, we estimate that almost 50% of Americans have medical debt, wow. 50%. that's incredible. Because what happens is hospitals alone produce, they produce debt at a prodigious rate. I mean, the bills just keep coming. <laughs> There's about a trillion dollars of bills that occur Now, it used to be in the recent past, maybe year 2000-ish, that about 10% of the cash that came into a hospital came from the people. That's their portion. Mm -hmm. Now patients are paying 30% of that amount that the hospitals get a year. So more and more people can't pay that responsibility, that piece. So we've got probably – Probably around 100 million people, 150 million people that have medical debt right now.
1: What age or age group has the most medical debt?
0: You wouldn't believe this. 26 and 27-year-olds. <laughs>
1: Right after they get off their parents' insurance? As <laughs>
0: soon as they get off their parents' insurance. But the crazy thing is, it's that their parents might not have paid their insur- the, the bills since they were 18. Mm-hmm. And they've been responsible since they were 18 years old. <laughs> yeah. So they didn't know that they even had debt.
1: What is the life cycle of a medical bill? before at least it gets to you guys.
0: Sure. First, a patient comes to the, to the hospital. Let's just say we're talking about hospital debt here. Because that's most of the debt that mm-hmm. we can buy. Now, a patient comes to the hospital, they get registered. At that moment, they should be qualified for charity care. Can they afford to pay this bill? But a lot of times, since, especially since the ACA, Obama, Obamacare, mm-hmm. where people now have insurance, they're not being checked to see if they qualify for charity care. Usually you say, do you have insurance or not? Well, all of a sudden, a tremendous amount of people, maybe 20 million people, got insurance. But what the hospitals really aren't paying attention to is that 20 million people might have gotten insurance, but they got high deductible plans. Mm-hmm. So now their deductible is $2,500, 3000 $5,000. Because a lot of times people are looking for the lowest cost monthly. That means you're paying a big deductible. So they can't even pay dollar $1.00. And you, uh, I don't know if you've seen in The Atlantic, um, they did an our article on if someone had a surprise charge. Yeah. Could they pay it?
1: Yeah. Well, I think four hundred dollars. Four
0: hundred dollars and fifty percent, almost fifty percent of the people could not come up with four hundred dollars. They'd either have to sell an asset or incur debt. Yeah. Now, people can get charity care and most of the time a bill will not even be created. So that's the interesting part. If you qualify for charity care, you have to be a consumer that knows rights. So when you go to the hospital, the first thing you do is, am I making two times the federal poverty level or less? Because that's the cutoff most of the time. Mm -hmm. And a third of our population is two times the poverty level below. So the the anatomy of a bill is, should there even be one Mm -hmm. or not? And that's what we call charity care. And you can go on a website for every hospital in the country and see what their financial assistance policy is, which is charity care, and you apply for it. Unfortunately, it's an opt-in. If it was an opt-out...
1: It makes all the difference in the world.
0: It makes all the difference in the world. If we had an opt-out policy, which is really essentially what RAP Medical Debt is, it's an opt-out policy. Because we find the people that qualify for charity care, almost, And then we buy that debt and abolish it. People don't know that it's happening. They just get a yellow envelope that says your debt has been forgiven, wiped out completely, taken off your
1: credit report. That's
0: sweet. A no-strings-attached gift.
1: Well, let's get to uh, the meat of all this. How do you go about uh, relieving this debt for all these people? What's the process?
0: All we have to do. (laughs) All we have to do.
1: All we have to (laughs) do. Easy to say. Uh, We're
0: about to – we just received donations of about $850,000 in the last couple of months Mm -hmm. that we are now going to go and buy debt in the areas that those donors care about. That could be they might care about demographics. Are they women? Are they children? Are they 27-year-olds? Are they veterans? Uh, Are they veterans? Um, Or geographically, are they in Appalachia? Mm -hmm. That's where I care about. Or are they in New England? Or are they in New York City? Things like that. We, that's what people care about. A well, lot people of times,
1: have debt everywhere, so you follow where the donor's intent is in terms of where they want to relate The it. donor
0: cares about cancer, we'll find cancer debt. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to find $100 million of debt, and with that $800,000, we're going to buy it. Now, what we have to do is we have to qualify it make sure that it meets the three requirements that we have, and those are, and similar to charity care are the people making two times the poverty level or less. Mm -hmm. That's the first criteria. Second criteria, are they spending 5% or more of their gross income on medical expenses or this debt in particular? So if a person has $5,001 in debt that we're abolishing, they make $100,000, they will get their debt abolished. The other thing is, a lot of people, like you said in the opening, are usurping all of their life savings.
1: Yep, that's what they're doing. The
0: toxicity of medical debt, especially in cancer, people are spending 10%, 20 30% of their gross income. They've got to start using their savings or debt, you know, credit. And if a person is insolvent, which is what that means, mm-hmm. their assets no longer meet their requirements of their, their debt, we abolish debt for them too.
1: So What's the insolvent? ratio of, uh, between the amount of money that you would put up and the amount of debt you're able to forgive. I mean, I'm sure there differs depending where you're at, but let's say if you had $100,000, by and large, how much debt could that relieve?
0: That could relieve $10 million. Wow. And sometimes a little more. If mm-hmm. our costs are lower, let's say the accounts are very large and I don't have, have to use a lot of money to find the data on them. I don't have to send out as many letters then the costs are a little lower and I might be able to abolish 110 times the amount that we're given. You just usually just add two zeros to the amount that you want to give. Mm -hmm. You want to give 10,000, add two zeros, that's a million dollars. So just add a couple of zeros on there and maybe a little more and you've got how much debt we can abolish.
1: So what's the incentive for these entities that are owed this money? Have they just pretty much thrown up their arms and say this is better than nothing? Or what's their reason for doing this? Well,
0: what's interesting is a lot of the people in these hospitals know that a tremendous percentage, maybe 30 to 40%, cannot pay and never will be able to pay this debt. So should we be pursuing them? Should we be suing them? Mm -hmm. Or should we just say, you know, I'm gonna sell it to RIP Medical Debt and make at least something. Because if you think about it, the bad debt piece of a hospital is between five and 10%. So for the lion's share, they're collecting the money. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now it's a matter of what percentage can I collect of that debt that that I have left? It's an arduous task to collect it, believe me. A collection agency that gets $100 million in debt might collect a million two mm. million three million mm-hmm. that's a very small amount what we tell the debt buyers there's people that companies that actually buy the debt from hospitals about 30 percent of the hospitals sell their debt more of them are going to sell to us because we're not going to collect on it but let's just say the secondary market for debt there are there's billions and billions of dollars we have a We have $5 billion that we can select from. That's why when a company comes in or a person comes in, and 70% of our donors are people, Mm -hmm. individuals, they come in and say, I want to abolish debt for my community, and we'll look at their county or a group of counties, and we'll then be able to go through that $5 billion of debt that we have as a potential inventory, and we'll we'll make a bid to the debt owner.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: This is a debt buyer, and they'll sell it to us. Because, listen to this, it might take a debt buyer five to 10 years to make the required amount of money that they need to do this business in itself. Mm -hmm. Some of these debt buyers, they might have 30% of their income coming from 10-year-old accounts Mm -hmm. and and older. So they're, they're working these accounts for a long time. Debt never dies. Yeah, right. Okay, it never dies.
1: So you guys come along.
0: <laughs> we come along, and, what we're, <laughs> and telling, you it. You know, what we're telling these debt buyers and even hospitals, we're saying, instead of waiting 7, seven, ten years to get your money, I'll pay you right now yeah. for all that stream of money that you're going to make over the next dollar. But the crazy thing is, they might only collect 3%, but they have to talk to or send letters to the 90, 97% oh, of people. Right. So we're trying to... Remove. We are removing the hardship of collections for the people that can't pay and never will pay. Even though 3%, 4 5% will pay, why are we hitting all those 95% of the people that can't? Well, so that's how we're
1: doing it. Yeah, that's for, the, for the hospital or the medical entity, it's a big carrying cost for them to just uh, service this and continue this. debt. And it's funny. I guess they would never agree to this kind of arrangement for an individual. No, it think of it. It has to be bundled.
0: Think of it this way. If I went to a hospital and said, hey, I've got Mary Jane here from Podunk, Iowa. She owes a thousand bucks. I'm a charity, I wanna pay 10 bucks
1: mm. which is 1%. Like, what, are you kidding me? Crazy.
0: Even <laughs> if it was 100,000 and I yeah. said, I wanna pay a 1,000, mm-hmm. no way. But I add 10,000 accounts together and that 100 million becomes a million dollars? That might be 20% of their whole debt profit. For a quarter.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's it funny.
0: makes a difference when you add numbers.
1: hmm Well, I watched last week, tonight, a show on HBO, which is hosted by comedian John Oliver. It's a great show. It airs Sunday evening at 10 p.m., and he helped to catapult this effort into a completely different orbit. Tell us how he did that.
0: Well, he did it by making fun of the whole industry that I come from, <laughs> oh, well, okay? <laughs> he made a—he made a— a real horrible portrayal of the collection industry, of the debt-buying industry. Sure.
1: and Probably not that hard to do. Well, you know,
0: <laughs> it's it's funny. It only takes a couple of bad apples yep. to make a whole industry look bad.
1: Sure.
0: I mean, if you think about it, hospitals have the smallest amount of collectors that any industry has that's a trillion-dollar industry, 8,000 accounts per collector. Mm. So you have to use collection agencies mm-hmm. or even sell the debt. Now, he made fun of the, of the industry. And by the way, the industry thought that I was part of the whole deal. They wouldn't even talk with me. These are people <laughs> I've known for 30 years because how else would we be able to buy the debt mm-hmm. if they didn't trust the charity?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They trust the charity that we're going to buy the debt that really qualifies for charity care. John Oliver, and we're going to build a statue for this guy.
1: Well, I don't blame you.
0: Because we got so many inquiries about our help because he donated $15 million of medical debt to RIP Medical Debt because he couldn't do it himself. He I was trying to do it. You know he's even started churches. I know. And he's, done, he's done some incredible things to bring to light. how easy it is to
1: get something like this started how
0: easy yeah (laughs) it's like I started this and any idiot can do it and he's like and I'm an idiot
1: (laughs) and to prove it I just started one I just started
0: one (laughs) so he um, he didn't realize that he had to be a charity to do this and you know he's doing a comedy show Mm -hmm. so he couldn't do it because his goal is to, sh- to be a comedy show. Yeah. Our goal is to help eliminate medical debt. So he's lucky he even found us mm-hmm. to do this. Otherwise, he would have invested $150,000 and never been able to do a thing. From within two weeks of him being introduced to us, we were able to put this on the, on the, on the show.
1: Yeah.
0: Otherwise, they would have never been able to mm-hmm. do it. But if it wasn't for him, we might not even be in existence. Because he brought... And, and so far, his show... Last week from John Oliver. Last week tonight with John Oliver. That show, that segment on debt buying has been seen by over 13 million people. And it continues to bring people to us. Mm. I mean, we've had churches come to us. We've had NBC came to us and did a whole.
1: I saw the piece. You know,
0: $150 million of debt is abolished now because of them. By the way, how
1: much debt have you been able to abolish?
0: We have abolished over $800 million in medical debt. With this next purchase purchased next week, we will break the $900 million mark, mm-hmm. and within the next month or two, we will break the billion-dollar
1: mark. Which you were going to do in 2020, but it looks like we're going to beat that target. We're going to beat that target. Mm-hmm. Who funds you? You said 70% from individuals, but yeah, how do you get your money? You're a nonprofit.
0: 70% of our money comes from individuals, not dissimilar to the the way all of charity is in this country. We, I think there's $420 billion is given to charities in this country, and about 70% of it gets, comes mm. from individuals. But what we're noticing is more churches are coming to us than ever before. I think we have 60 churches. One just, just gave $430,000, which mm. is a phenomenal amount. I mean, it's going to abolish over fifty million dollars of debt yeah. for a region of mm-hmm. a, of this church. Now, we don't—we're not um, any denomination. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not supporting churches per se, right? But I think churches realize that hey, we care about our—we care about people first. We care about our community of of givers and community of of, of followers and they feel it's their mission.
1: Yeah, and I think like all donors, they care about leverage, and they can leverage their money here uh, at, at an astronomical rate.
0: Yeah, you um, you almost can feel like you're a billionaire giving money. <laughs> 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 you give $100,000 and it's gonna borrow $10 million. It's like. Holy cow! It's yeah. like I feel like I am like really a philanthropist now. Uh,
1: like, but you know what? People what's the guys should be Mark Anthony or something like that—a like millionaire. <laughs> that old show, remember? <laughs> yeah,
0: I remember that. It's funny—you you can act like a billionaire, but you don't have to give a billion. Yeah, you know, that's right. We'll have a we'll have the hundred thousand dollar pledge instead of the billion dollar <laughs> pledge. Come on! And my—I've always envisioned my whole life. I can't wait for the day that I can give a million dollars. I mean, that's, that was one of my goals, is yeah. to give away a million dollars. Haven't achieved it yet, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to make a fortune being in a nonprofit. But that was always my goal. Now people can do it with $10,000, give a, a million dollars away.
1: You know, I know you had been working with four universities who were studying the impact of what it was like for a person or a family to have this debt relieved. Where do we stand with that?
0: You know, we've, um, we've had a little bit of a delay. Mm, okay. But we've been doing it for over a year now. Mm-hmm. And a big part of, uh, of the work is how does the access to credit change? How, do, how, do, how does the cost of credit change when we abolish debt for people? And, of course... Credit scores are very important to that and we use transunion transunion is an incredible strategic partner of ours because they want to use information for good and not yeah. be seen as as only a predatory information giver We're, we call ourselves a predatory giver and um, it turns out that there's been a problem with some of the reporting. Mm-hmm recently with some of the debt that we bought. So there's a little bit of a delay. Not okay. something your, your people need to know much about, and yeah. I, I get into too much detail sometimes. But within the next six months, we are going to be doing some reporting on what's, what's yeah, happening.
1: it would be very interesting to see. Well, let me close with this, then. Well, let me,
0: let me tell sure. one more thing. Um, the researchers, MIT, University of Chicago, UC Berkeley, and UCLA, mm-hmm. have recently got an over-a-million-dollar grant to not only study the impact from an economic standpoint, but the impact from an emotional and mental perspective. Oh, yeah. So we're going to be able to do surveys to hundreds of thousands of people and find out how this is really affecting them and how does abolishing debt actually affect them. Because we get stories all the time about people, how this made a difference to them. I mean, you would think that it would be on the people that get abolished 50000 a $100,000. The biggest debt we've abolished is over $250,000, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's the person that gets the $1,000 debt abolished that they couldn't even imagine how they were gonna get out of it. Or it's the $10,000 abolishment where they've got, they're have they inundated with cancer debt and this is one more thing they don't have to think about because they can't even, they, they're, they're telling me when they get these letters, they're like renewed hope and humanity. <laughs> like yeah. there's someone out there that actually cares because they've got $20,000, $100,000 of debt, and now I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We've yeah. gotten many for cancer. We'll I, I,
1: I, can, I can imagine. You know, it's somewhat uh, analogous to having to pay bail. And if you're a, a poor guy and the bail is $1,000, I had a guy on the show who said, well, you know, that might as well have been a million dollars. It's the same amount of money. I have no hope of getting it. So we send, tend to look at it from a relative point of view of how much but the paralysis that debt can set in, it's all having to do with the individual and their circumstances and what they can do.
0: Very good point. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed that people that have a very low income give to us. Yeah. I mean, the percentage of their income, it must be a significant amount. Mm-hmm. I mean, You and I, and then the whole country, we average about one and a half to 2% of our, of our income. Some of these people are spending 10, of their income they're on charity. They're, yeah. they're just amazing people. And those are the ones, unfortunately, that are getting hurt mm-hmm. by our medical debt. I mean, you won't believe this. $55 million is given to friends and family each year for medical debt. That's wow. uh, Now, that is an unknown statistic yeah. to most people. And that's saying, hey, my son needs it, my daughter needs mm-hmm. it, my neighbor needs it. They're just giving the money or lending it, knowing that they're not going to get it back. And I just heard a statistic that eighty-eight billion dollars—did I say million before? It's fifty-five billion. I think yeah. I'm sorry. It's mm-hmm. fifty-five billion is lent to friends and family for medical debt and expenses, and eighty-eight billion is is borrowed to pay for this. This is unbelievable.
1: It is unbelievable. Well, let us close with an individual story in terms of somebody that RIP Medical Debt has been able to help and what it has meant to them.
0: I'm gonna go back to one of the first people that got their debt abolished. This person showed us, and we interviewed her on TV. She had about 30 different bills from hospitals throughout New York City. The bill that we forgave, she pulled it out of her her pile. It was only $990. Mm -hmm. And she said, when I got the call about this, I was like, what, you're, you're, you're calling to tell me that you've forgiven my medical debt? <laughs> She's like, I get calls all the time for collecting on the Not medical like debt. I, I, I've never heard anything like this. And she said, my parents, and she lived with her parents because she was 26 years old, mm-hmm. very similar to the n- number one
1: yep. person
0: in, the, in, the, in debt with medical debt, and she said, my family had to move to a smaller house They had to give me money to help pay off my debt, and you don't know how important this was to me to have this happen. I mean, it was just, I mean, a 1000 bucks, but it it made a big difference. So those are the kind of stories that we get.
1: A very sweet way in which to end. Well, Craig Antico, the co-founder of RIP Medical Debt, I want to thank you so much for being here this evening. Where can people learn more about what you do or maybe provide you some funding so you can go out there and relieve even more debt?
0: We look forward to hearing from you, but go to www.ripmedicaldebt.org, and you'll find us there.
1: Very good. Well, thanks, Craig. It was a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks, Denver. I'll be back with more of The Business of Giving right after this.
0: The Business of Giving can be heard every Sunday evening between 6 and 7 p.m. Eastern on AM 970 The Answer in New York and on iHeartRadio. You can follow us at BizOfGive on Twitter and at facebook.com/slash businessofgiving.